We are fortunate to have Mike Roach with us today. Mike has over 30 years creating and cultivating project organizations, and he's currently accountable for both UCLA Health Science and UCLA David Geffen School of Medicine Program Management Offices. Prior to UCLA, Mike achieved an overall rank of 15th in the world in an industry ranking listing of best project groups. In that same ranking, within the individual core measures, Mike earned the first spot in collaboration rankings ahead of NASA. And now Mike is here with us in the studio. Welcome, Mike. Thank you, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here because for all the amazing things that you are doing at UCLA, you're actually coming to us today with a story about you as a patient and how it helped shape your career. So would you be so kind as to share your patient experience with our audience? I will. Thank you. And thanks for the opportunity for me to tell the story. It's quite a number of years ago now, but it was about 20 years ago. I was uh, still doing triathlons at the time and a pretty fit person. And out of nowhere, I caught a relatively benign virus, something that really wouldn't think that much about, but I wound up having a heart condition from it. It turned out being a pretty serious heart condition. And because of that heart condition, I found myself at a hospital having emergency open heart surgery. The heart surgery was successful, but my care at the hospital following the surgery was poor. In general, I was lost in the system. In general, I was treated badly by one nurse, but that one nurse was able to get away with it uh, because there was not a system for tracking patients. There wasn't a system for being able to know what's going on with patients, and there wasn't a way for understanding what had been done to patients that were in the hospital. So that gave me some thinking to do when I was done with this entire process and was healing of how I could deal with a hospital that I was a patient in that had a really bad experience. But let's note, it wasn't like you just had a bad, they forgot to bring you like dinner or they forgot to change your dressing. I mean, from the stories that you've shared with me, this nurse essentially left you for dead. Correct. I was left untreated, uh, no pain medication, uh, no antibiotics after a major open-heart surgery, and just left untreated and left alone in a bay area of the hospital. So rather than go and call your lawyer, you went home and thought, hey, I can probably fix the problem that I just encountered. Like, where, How did that headspace occur? And then what approach did you take to really sit down and say, I can do better for others? Uh, I'd like to say it was that linear. It really wasn't. I, I stayed at home and recovered on my sofa for quite a number of weeks. And during that time, you thought about the experience and you think about all the different options. As a good complainer, I really took the time to think, how can I improve this? So if I'm ever a guest at this hospital again, or some of my family or friends are a guest there, how can I ensure this doesn't happen to them? So I took that knowledge and my background in project management and program management and kind of combined the two and put together what in essence was a project plan, a work breakdown structure, a cost estimate, a resource plan, and a timeline, and sent it off to the president of that hospital with the note at the bottom that I'm volunteering my time to implement this system for you. So should I ever be a customer, a guest at your facility, or somebody in my family is a guest there again, what happened to me wouldn't happen. My mindset simply was, how can I make this better for the community, because what happened to me should not have happened to me or to anyone else. So you went to go work for these guys or for this hospital, and obviously under the auspice of 
I'm going to make a difference here. Here's how I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen to somebody else. What was that journey like? Yeah, it was, it was an interesting journey. I think I'm still on it too. Um, when the president at the time called me, I actually believed that he was calling me in to, to run this project that I had proposed and to do it as a community member to get it done so their hospital could be better. But it was quite a surprise. He offered me a job, I guess, in hospitals at this time, about 20 years ago. Approaching change through a project process was new and unusual, and they were not accustomed to seeing fully fleshed out project plans. He really liked it. And because of it, he said, we would like you to do this for us and offered me the job to come and work for the organization to put in a program management office and put in some project processes. The journey was interesting. The first six months or so that I was there, I thought I had made a horrible mistake because I didn't understand the processes, the workflow, the nomenclature, any part of running a hospital. And I was more worried about doing more harm than good. I was thinking this is, this is going to end badly unless I can really get on top of this. But at some point when you start understanding how patient care is handed out to patients and supported by the by the facility, by the physicians, by the nurses, by the allied health professionals, how the systems work together. It starts clicking, the workflows start making sense. You start learning the nomenclature, you start learning how uh, caregivers speak to each other. I uh, could see how we could put together projects in order for the organization to move forward and get more technologically advanced and improve their workflows. And then you stayed for eight years, you mentioned. And so obviously you get past that six-month window of, oh my gosh, I'm working in an environment that I actually know nothing about, except for you have both the aptitude and capability to do something that had never been done there before. So what were some of the drivers that caused you to stay there eight years and some of the things that you were able to bring into the system that were really groundbreaking from a project or program management perspective? Well, I think it was groundbreaking just to bring in the discipline of project management. Healthcare uh, was not accustomed to formalized project management. At least that healthcare system was not. I don't know if it was much uh, in the country. It was hard to find. And just bringing in the understanding of the parameters of a project. What is a project? What are the roles of a project? What are the resources needed? How do you define it? How do you document it? How do you work with vendors and stakeholders to uh, get something implemented into an organization that can be successful? That was new knowledge to the health system. Mentoring that through the health system, getting people to understand what to expect when they engage in a project, how they can sponsor a project well, how they get to be good leaders and change agents, uh, all new. So my job was bringing this new to the organization and being able to mentor it so that it became commonplace and giving the leaders of the organization the right vocabulary to ask the right questions on their projects and the change things that they're implementing to make sure that those things are going to be successful. And then you reached a point of acumen within your career where you're like, I can scale this, I can do more. And you went from that organization and made a deliberate decision to join UCLA Health and the Geffen School of Medicine, where you now work for a system that is ranked number one in California, number six in the nation, serves over two million lives, and shares your amazing patient stories on the front page of the website. Talk about the difference in those worlds and, and what it means to serve the way that you do today. 
Yes, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing to think that healthcare was not in the trajectory of my career at all because of a bad experience. I found myself in healthcare trying to do good. Now I'm at one of the world's best institutions and just thrilled to be there. It's just an interesting journey of how one can get someplace in their career. And UCLA in, in and of itself is a fantastic place. It's uh, complex and unique. It's a academic research hospital that is uh, among the very finest institutions in any discipline and is as different to my experience in a community hospital as going from industry was to a community hospital. So the first several months of just learning the uh, processes of this type of institution was a unique change. Uh, but much of the skills that are part of a project manager is adaptability and being able to inform and instruct uh, your stakeholders on what to expect from a project. Those are pretty transferable. Just now it's being implemented across a much larger organization. What are some of the principles and values that you share with your team and as you build things in your organization around the advancement of healthcare processes and the ability to support the caregivers? One of the unique aspects that I bring that is something that I tell most of my team is about my personal story, my personal journey, how I got into healthcare. I tell that story to my team on a regular basis to tell them this is not a job for me, this is a passion. Uh, making healthcare better, making the institutions that I work for better, being able to deliver healthcare better, quicker, with better outcomes is not just an idea for me. I, I live it. I lived it then. I live it every day. And I try to invive that into my teams because everyone has either themselves or somebody in their family that has a healthcare story. And if you can touch on that healthcare story and bring that passion that they feel for that family member or themselves to work, you have a team that's unstoppable. You have a team that can help an organization change and implement the things that they want to do in order to make that organization better. When we hire people, we ask them, what is their healthcare why? And every once in a while, they give us a look like, I'm supposed to have a healthcare why? And the answer is, well, yes. However, if going to work for a healthcare organization wasn't the primary driver, then creating an opportunity for those team members to go and experience what our organization, our facilities are like is pretty key. So you realize that program management can be a relatively ubiquitous field. When you bring somebody into healthcare and they don't have a healthcare background, what steps do you take to integrate them into the system? Mm. Domain knowledge in healthcare for project management is certainly not required, but it is a big leg. Uh, there is a, a, a whole process in a, in a language and a communication style in healthcare that you don't see in other industries. If we get a project manager that is not from healthcare at all, and we're trying to acclimate them to the organization, uh, we have a number of steps that we follow. One of them is uh, we don't give them a project for a while, probably several months. So we give them a lot of time just to understand the environment, uh, the technologies that are used within a hospital, the different departments within a hospital, the names of those departments, how they interrelate with each other. Uh, we will also work with in-services where we'll send them into units of the caregivers and have them see what it's like to operate within a patient experience in a patient realm. 
see what it looks like for patients to navigate our systems, giving them an idea of what it just looks like and feels like from the outside looking in. And that's before we start assigning them tasks and duties and things to execute. So often I have people ask me, how do I get into healthcare if I don't have a healthcare background? And I tell them that we, we focus more than ever on, on aptitude and skill sets that can be transferable within an organization. So I'm glad that's one of the things that you're sharing with your teams as well, and that it's not necessarily an impenetrable field to get into. And you've got a ton of expertise. I mean, you contribute to the Project Management Book of Knowledge or the PMBOK, which a lot of people in, in the project management space are familiar with, and you, and you teach and you, you build and you share and you grow teams. Have you ever had a project fail? Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> I would love to say no, but that would be inaccurate. The way you get to be a really good project manager and the way you get to be an, uh, a superb program manager or leader within an organization within projects is to have those projects, and it's more than one, it is plural, that no matter what tools you bring to bear, it just fails. And there are just many reasons for that. You, you failed on your communication. The vendor hasn't delivered what they're supposed to. The workflows that you had designed don't work. You can go down a list of just reasons why projects fail. If you haven't worked through a failed project and done the mitigations to repair it, you're probably not a super senior project manager because you don't get to be really good without falling in a few potholes along the way. You have to know what to avoid. You have to know kind of those hard lessons so that you know how to put a project together uh, and particularly really complex projects to make sure that you don't fall into those potholes or into those mistakes uh, in the future. So you don't really get to have the seasoning until you've been cooked a few times. I'm glad that you bring that level of humility forward. Too often we talk about ego gets in the way of why a lot of projects fail. But let's be honest, when you think about a project or a program, it requires the executive sponsorship or the accountability of the business owner for whom you are implementing this technology or this process, as an example. What are some of the partnerships that you have found that are most successful in implementing large-scale change in your organization? It's a great question. It's a hard question uh, because it's not a one-size-fits-all. Uh, something I started pre-healthcare that I brought into healthcare and I brought to UCLA is a education that we provide generally quietly uh, to an executive of the organization who's asking for a project that tells them what their role and responsibility is as a project sponsor, project leader, what they are intending to do and what they should be doing to ensure success. That is key that they understand and know it. And when you have engaged leaders that are at the team meetings, they're restating their visions. They may not know the details of how it's going to happen, but they can invive the team with what the vision of the outcome is and what they're trying to achieve and show support for the team, make sure that they're available for questions, your project has a huge leg up on success. If you have a disengaged, disenfranchised leader who just drops an idea and disappears, the chance of success goes down quite substantially. And you need to really have that over, overall engagement to make sure that you're, you're going to be successful. In the 30 years that you've been creating and cultivating project organizations, Obviously, the one where you implemented patient tracking in the hospital where you started for those eight years. What has been the most rewarding or most successful initiative that has come across your path? I say it isn't an initiative. 
think the thing that I get the greatest reward from is mentoring people through organizations to help them be successful in what they're trying to achieve. And I've been fortunate enough that every organization I've worked at, I've had somebody on my team or some buddies, more than one, who have really showed an affinity and an attraction for project management, and they wound up being wildly successful. A number of the directors in project management offices throughout Southern California are PMs that started with me when they didn't know what a project was. And currently, I have members of my team at UCLA that started not knowing anything about project management, not knowing much about healthcare, and are just stellar performers and they're already leading the organization and they're already moving the organization forward because they just understand what it takes to implement change and they are great students of what it takes to be a project manager and they're great people at uh, getting those that they work with to believe in them. We're in an exciting time in healthcare where technology and innovation is happening faster than ever. What are you most excited about from either what your system is working on or some of the things that you're personally involved in? Oh, there are so many. Uh, I can actually cross that reference a little bit for me uh, specifically and personally. Uh, because of the particular condition that got me into healthcare and the surgery I have, I'm a bit of a walking data center. I have a bunch of implants there in me. And because of those implants that keep me walking and breathing every day, I have a lot of medical tests that are run, but because they're implanted, I get to run them from home. I don't have to go to a hospital. I don't have to be uh, drugged to the doctor once a week or several times a week to get a status. I connect at home. I do my, they're called interrogations. I do an interrogation at home. It sends a report off the, to the doctor. The doctor sends a report back saying, all good to go, go about your life. So this whole technology that we can be treated and be improved in our life situations uh, stabilized without having to spend time in the hospital going to the doctor is really exciting. And that type of technology is growing and growing rapidly in the way that doctors can impact their patients without seeing them face-to-face -face because of telemedicine, distant medicine, diagnostic tools that are in people's homes. That whole world is emerging and quite interesting. The data behind it that drives yet new changes, because you're not collecting data based on evidence, based on what's going on, also changes uh, the type of care that we're getting as patients and are implementing. And that convergence, kind of that, that connection of those things coming together is going to move us forward even quicker. And that convergence is happening very quickly. How often do you find yourself having a clinical conversation with your clinicians, even though you are not a clinician? And based on your experiences, you are a partner in that dialogue. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a clinician. I get to play a clinician on TV, basically. Uh, I have to ask clinical questions. You know, when we are executing complex projects, we have to ask and understand uh, what the clinical processes are, what the diagnostic tools are intended to do, what results are expected, how they actually work. And we have to do enough work to understand that the information that we're getting is correct and accurate so that we can then build the, the project appropriately to be successful within the organization. So we have to know enough to ask the right questions, not enough to actually uh, do patient care. And as you think about your role in really being a mentor and a guide for your organization, what continues to motivate you and keep you constantly at the top of your game? Uh, I have several things that motivate me, but it, it only takes a moment in retrospect to think about myself as a patient and how 
frightening it is and what that loss of control is when you are waiting for something to happen that you already told is not going to be good and the overwhelming um, uselessness that you feel as a person. And my motivation is to find ways to have that not happen to the patients that are seen in the organizations that I work in and help provide our clinicians the tools and the techniques to create the best possible experiences for the patients and the families to make sure that we don't have scared, frightened, lost patients like I was waiting for the next bit of bad information. And from a patient perspective, you know, too often we see, especially elderly patients that don't have either the, the frame of mind or the family or the ability to be their own advocate in some scenarios. When we have patients that are somewhat lost in the system, what advice do you have for that person or for their families to help be advocates of their own care and to navigate a very complex healthcare framework in our country? Uh, that's a complex question that will be challenging to answer, but I can give a few hints. Uh, if you are fortunate enough to have family or friends that are willing to be so, have a health advocate. Have somebody with you who advocates for your care. Have somebody with you who advocates for uh, the things that you need as a patient. Uh, also remember as a patient or a family member of a patient that doctors and nurses are there to care for, not intimidate the patient and the family. So be bold, ask the questions, make sure that you ask forcefully enough that you get an answer and understand the answer. There's no shame in asking until you understand. I know that we have an organization because of the demands on the people working in it, uh, they get a little callous because it's their everyday work and they don't think all the time about the impact for the family and for the patient and what they're hearing for the first time, not what's been said by them, by the caregiver themselves, but for the 20th time. So being your own advocate, having a family member or friend as an advocate to ask the questions for you, if you can't, cannot say how important that is. It just needs to happen. And navigating the healthcare system, you know, that part of the question, I wish I had a good answer for that. Uh, working in the healthcare system, I still wouldn't be able to easily navigate it. You just have to continually ask the questions. You know, where do I go next? What's my next step? What What do I do next? Oh, thank you for that perspective. I know it's a question that comes up a lot when people say, well, how do you handle this scenario in healthcare? And my standard answer is always, it depends. And, and how can I help and help you figure things out? As a mentor, uh, a coach, and so much more that you do with your team, for any professionals who are looking to make even a change into the world of program and project management, what would you say about it as a discipline and the ability to shape the healthcare system? Project management and program management as essence is change management. And at its essence as change management, project managers, program managers are as much change agents as they are people who execute project plans to implement something. So where really skilled project managers and really skilled program managers excel in a healthcare system is where they understand that they are changing something 
and what the impact of that change is on a caregiver, on a patient, on a patient's family. And being able to look at their project from that perspective makes them very effective in helping that be successful. Where we have some challenges is where project managers look at their projects as a widget to install and get done and go on to the next item and not take the time to understand the full impact and how it fits into that continuum of care, into the continuum of software, into the continuum of diagnostic tools that somebody's going to interact with. That is kind of the major point that I work with my team in understanding is for you, it might be an episodic plug and play thing, but for the people who are working on it, it is part of a large machine that's impacting somebody's life. And we need to understand how it's impacting that life. Mike Roach from UCLA Health Science and David Geffen School of Medicine, thank you for being on the show with us today and for all of your insights from being a patient to a leader and a mentor and someone who is truly leading change in our industry. Thank you, Sarah. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the SoCal Hymns podcast series. Special thanks to Callister Harmon, our audio and mixing engineer, for helping us produce our podcast series.